Hi, welcome to the Songwriter Diaries. This is a podcast all about picking the brain of every songwriter that you know. So grab a glass of wine and join us. My name is Megan Ellsworth. My co-host is Caroline Stump. This is the Songwriter Diaries. We're all depressed, so let's write a song about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, welcome. Hello, we love you. We're obsessed with you. We're so oh excited to have God. you on. Yay. Your biggest fans. Yes. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Hyping it up. My mom, I have some. <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like this was the episode. I, I feel like I'm a pretty chill person and not don't get starstruck, but I'm like, oh my gosh, Megan's so good. And we're going to talk to her. I was so excited. I was oh, so excited. I, I, how many minutes do you want for me to uh, ruin that? that for you? <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever heard that thing? Like, don't meet, meet your people oh, that you're yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. yeah don't meet your heroes yeah yeah not, i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm your hero i'm just <laughs> saying no but you are megan you are the hero <laughs> well um, great thank you so I'll take it. this is megan burt and she's Everyone. amazing mm-hmm. we're all sure you've heard of her before but my internet you... probably not <laughs> can you just start by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your journey as an artist and songwriter Oh gosh, how far back do I have to go? As far, far as, you as you want to. The well, beginning. When I was four, um, you guys were like, should we laugh? I'm not sure if she's serious. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay. I, um, gosh, what do you want to know? I'm a Virgo. Oh, Ooh. I love that. Love Virgo. Virgo. Yeah. Well, I really like Scorpios turns I out like Scorpio but, um, women Scorpio mm-hmm. men I've never had good experiences with okay well we're gonna talk about that later when the record we'll, buttons off we'll but, dive deep <laughs> dude this just turned into an astrology yeah um, we have a side podcast <laughs> um you know I went to music school uh I've always really loved to write songs um, I graduated from music school and was like, okay, now I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. So I have just spent a career of trial and error um, trying to figure out how to make a living writing songs and singing them in front of people sometimes. Sometimes, yes. I think the trial and error is, that's life everything you do is just trial and error constantly yeah no matter what field you're in but I feel especially as a creative person that's just the way you have to do it mm-hmm. yeah trial and error and also like the more that I do this and the older I get it's kind of like trial and error mixed in with what am I willing to do that I'm supposed to do that makes me want to hate myself and life and what do I like what do I what can I do authentically can I just like hashtag TikTok can we just can we just go there let's talk Uh, about TikTok (laughs) you know things like things like that you know it's like um you you're sort of at least I in the last many years feel like I'm always really recalibrating to okay I didn't get famous. I'm not 20 anymore. What, like, how do I do this sustainably where I can enjoy my life and also write, you know, be authentic to me and not be angry if I didn't blow up by now? You know what I mean? Not like I've like let my dreams go or anything. It's just like changing what I'm willing to do. Yes. How much I'm willing to suffer. (laughs) Yes, exactly. God, that's like honestly very, very inspirational to me, also, um, as a fellow redheaded Megan songwriter. (laughs) Just so we need to talk for at least 10 minutes of today about that, that we, yeah, we exist in the same reality. (laughs) In the same reality. Yeah. Yeah. And in the same place. It's not even like across the country. No, right there. Right there. But yeah, that's your middle name, Megan. Oh, my middle name is Rose. Okay, mine's Jean. 
Oh, I love that. I was about to get really excited. I thought your middle <laughs> name was going to be Rose. I was so ready. I should have. I should have. I That was a missed opportunity. I could have lied. No one you just freaked know. me out. I'm like, oh my gosh, same person. <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh. But yeah, like what you said, that is like at any age, I think, you know, you could be like a 16 year old songwriter and you should be thinking about that. Like, what are the things that I'm willing to do and kind of suffer through? And what are the things, you know, I'm not. And that's that's well said, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Like one of our past guests, Bonnie Stewart, who's amazing, Mm -hmm. but she was talking about how her manager was saying that she should post on TikTok five times a day, four or five times a day. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" And she's like, "I literally just post videos of my dog and just very casual life things. It's n- not edited in any way. Very her, but it's like you literally just have to be pumping out content. Yeah, at like at all ends. I feel like, and I just could not do that. Absolutely not. That's so much work and energy. And I think the idea of authenticity. I find it so hard to be authentic on social media it's mm-hmm. just very difficult mm-hmm. yeah I think there's a way to do it probably and yeah and you know to make it work for you but I was having this conversation with a friend recently and I'm, I maybe just said it to make myself feel better because I'm, <laughs> I can't get myself to like you know post ad nauseum but I was thinking about people who I love and have so much respect for and love their art and love what they do who don't pump out content constantly Mm -hmm. and I was just trying to remind him and myself and my feeling on this that if you are good at what you do and you make an impression you don't have to constantly remind people that you exist and how great you are and that I think that we forget how powerful an impression is and how powerful it is if someone digs what you do that 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 feeling carries with them and and so like for these people that I'm talking about that I love respect whatever like whenever they post I always am gonna pay attention because I just love what they do and I'm and I want to know and I don't have to like be reminded constantly about their greatness it, it almost like ruins it for me and yeah. and I guess I, I just say that like hoping that I'm not the only one who feels yeah. that I'm not the only one who feels that way because people who I love or people who I I'm not necessarily super moved by that's not going to change based on the amount of posting that happens totally yeah no I think that's so true I feel like people posting all the time and I think Megan and I were talking about this either on a episode or just you know in our everyday lives about shooting the shit yeah (laughs) about how I feel like posting constantly like might get you attention for a minute from somebody that doesn't know who you are and maybe they like what you do and maybe like a handful of those people follow you and keep up with you but I think that it's so fleeting. Like those aren't the people that are going to stick around and listen to everything that you put out or hear everything you have to say. They're going to see it for a moment if you have something go viral or something like that. Where yeah, I think absolutely. as what you're talking about is those true fans <clears throat> that you could spend a year not posting anything and they're still going to be there and excited when you do. Yeah. That's my theory. Yes. You yes. might be ignorant. Like and I'm sorry that I started as I'm talking about social media. <laughs> I it's apologize. Such a, oh, it's such a big part of the industry it's such a now. Conversation, though. but it's kind yeah, of it gross yeah. conversation. Anyway. Well, let's let's dive into the next question, which is okay. I th- I'm I'm excited to hear your answer for this one. So do you remember the first song you ever wrote? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Maybe kind of a little bit. When was it? Um, well, let's see. I must have been. Well, hmm. 
I must have been maybe 10 or something and my uncle had passed away and I wrote a little piano so I mean I couldn't I couldn't remember like I remember the process of writing yeah. it sort of and like having this song to process his death mm -hmm. um but I don't uh, you know I I don't I could not regurgitate it for any amount of oh, money yeah. no, or, for sure. or anything or like I don't even know if I know I wonder if like in a little scrapbook or something I've got the lyrics written down something like that but um <clears throat> that's probably the first like song I wrote yeah yeah uh that's really interesting I've never actually thought about that um but I was writing a lot of I started playing guitar when I was 15 and uh there was this girl who was older than me in high school and she was really <laughs> cool and she played guitar and I was really jealous of her and I really wanted to play guitar she wrote songs and I was like <gasps> um so I started playing guitar and she was a big inspiration to me just because I just thought she was so cool and um I taught myself how to play guitar by writing songs mm. that was like how I did it yeah. you know <clears throat> so um that collection that that high school collection and I, I, I someone actually the my the the, the um Grisner Swallow of course you know Swallow Hill mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. do you know the little studio in the basement yes, yes. yeah that is where I made my first recordings <clears throat> when I was oh. seven, 16 or 17 oh my um, god out in the world no, are you kidding me? Of course they're not out of the world. How do you think this is? I'm not a masochist. Um, uh, but no, the Brian who uh, recorded them sent them to me some years ago. He's like, I have those recordings. Do you want them? And I listened to them. And yeah, anyway, I do somewhere, I think, on a hard drive, I have those first recordings. They are super special. <laughs> I love it. They weren't the best things you've ever heard. <laughs> it's actually really. Do you guys have like little teenager recordings? Oh, yes. oh do I? Yeah. <laughs> I started recording my first EP when I was 13. Oh, yes. And cool. I listened back and I was in. This sounds way weirder than it actually was, but the guy was my guitar teacher, Kevin Neal. Amazing. Had a studio in his house. And had his friend Trent play drums for me. So it's like me, 13 to 16, working with these guys who are like <laughs> in their 30s. And I'm just like in their basement, like oh recording songs. <laughs> Very bizarre. But they're great dudes. Still friends with them. They're awesome. But I was, and he had so much faith in me. And then I listened back to those. And the instrumentation is amazing because they were actually, you know, professionals. And then you hear my little songs come in, like my lyrics. And I'm like, oh. oh, God, why did you have faith in this? <laughs> but here I am. I wouldn't be here in the industry without them. So, so true. Same. I, think I have we a very have similar experience. Some sort of like hang, like circle of trust hang where we all bring our teenager like first yes. recordings and maybe we oh get a little drunk and just yes. like yes. and laugh and cry and so but, like, would like, be... like you like to get an oh, invitation to that thing would be you just would you definitely yes. have to like fill out a form first or something. <laughs> yeah that you have to that... fill out an nda <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah honestly yeah there are questions that are like mm, so if you heard this would you release it to the public if so you're not invited <laughs> <laughs> yeah leave your cell phones at the door like in a yeah um, that's amazing it's a great idea. but like I'm so I want you know you talking about that makes me want to hear those recordings so bad <laughs> I I honestly think they're still out there under my band name because yes I did have a band name with these two men <laughs> when I was a child <laughs> and I think they're still out there and the pictures that we took I made us go to a playground and take pictures for the cover playground, at a playground pictures yes at, I'm at a playground it was it was a lot I we have pictures on a swing set I what was I thinking as a child I was like yes you were a child it's yeah. perfect yes yeah. that's very I, true I have okay I have to see you on a swing set with 30 year olds <laughs> oh, well, <I'll, laughs> like I have I it is imperative I will, I will send I, you I will send you the the picture I 
because now I'm just imagining it and I need need to stop imagining it and see it in real time do you do you guys have like so many old cds like oh yeah my parents have them and they're like my parents are like this is their first album and my dad bless him (laughs) bless tim ellsworth he is such oh my god he's he like gives them to strangers and i'm like don't give them out (laughs) don't give these away because they're not good (laughs) so nice my parents had so much faith in me they're like oh yeah we'll we'll print 800 and then we'll print more i was like 800 and now i'm pretty sure i have like 750 in my closet i'm like what what was this yeah i i um i'm a little older than you guys so it's so you'll you might get to this place but at some point in a move or something i threw away like 500 of my first ep and this wasn't even the one i'm talking about this is like the one i did in college oh no because you're like you spend so much money you're like oh i got this all saved up and like i'm gonna buy these and all of this and then it's like what am I what am I gonna do with this yeah Even now- here's the thing here's the thing about that and like I try to instill this in people especially when they're making their first records or if I'm producing a record or something like <clears throat> the only way to grow as an artist and a songwriter and a musician is to literally go through the painstaking process of making records kind of ruining them embarrassingly putting them out and then like rinsing and repeating and hopefully the embarrassment gets shorter and shorter and shorter yes. you know with every like with everything but like there is literally no uh, uh what's the word I'm trying like there's there's nothing else that you can do to get that education literally so nothing so you have to go through it you have to make your first record and you kind of have to make your second record and like you, sometimes you even have to make your third record and yeah. then you're like okay I got this I'm, I, I got figured it. it out okay mm-hmm. let's do this let's actually let's actually do this now mm-hmm. you know so yes. true so that's so true we were just talking about that we just recorded Courtney from Bison Bone oh we talked about you support. oh <laughs> all good things now we're talking about him <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about how if you look back at your old stuff and you don't cringe, it's kind of like you're not growing and you're not improving as a writer. Like mm-hmm. the totally. fact that we can look back at our, our old releases, you know, objectively <laughs> and say that was horrible makes us, you know, know that we've improved and have a better understanding of what good music is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well said. Yes. Well said, Carolyn. That's a great synopsis of what i said in a lot of words no you said I, very I just succinctly. built the idea i just built <laughs> just built so now what does your songwriting process look like and i was curious too because your release most recently good dream which is absolutely incredible and we so will good. be playing it at the end of the episode mm-hmm. and we're obsessed it's literally stuck in my head i was listening to it all morning i was like now it's stuck forever there Um, oh thanks yes but what does that process look like and with that release did you write it with joel or did you write it and bring it to him i was just curious about that that song joel is one of my favorite you know joel is just top toppy top 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 up there for me and i love writing with him and love i'm just a fan of his music so um we had written some songs co-written some songs on his last record um Cadillac and Geranium and there's one other one uh that we co-wrote and then in that process apparently we had started Good Dream and he had it in a voice memo or something like that I could completely forgotten about it and then over the pandemic uh we tried to do these zoom rights um, or, you know, whatever, FaceTime, if remote writing, songwriting. And once a week for a while, we were getting together to write and we were just working on that song, which I love because Joel, <clears throat> I feel like Joel and I have this <laughs> understanding of like 
irrational perfectionism, you know, <laughs> and, and um, most people, I feel like you try to get a song done in one session, maybe mm-hmm. two, you know, yeah. and Joel and I, we just stretch that shit way out, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like as long as it takes for us to obsess over one line, we'll do it. And I love that. I love that because, um, you know, every co-writer relationship you have is different. And, mm-hmm. and I just appreciate that that's sort of how Joel and I operate. Anyway, <clears throat> um, we finished that song all over FaceTime and um, with me sitting right here, <laughs> actually. Okay. And oh uh, you're, so cool. you're, get, you're getting the view of this. Of the, <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like Joel look. was in this last corner of the screen. Um, <laughs> And then um, he actually, it was his impetus to get it recorded because he was trying in his sort of release plan, he was doing um, a wanting to release singles Mm -hmm. with with collaborators. And he put out maybe four or something um, with other people. And so uh, we recorded it in, in um here in town um with ben from uh you guys know ben yeah the, yep. yeah yeah um he's and the he's the best yes and it was just really cool it was really fun um it was great for me because i've been <laughs> i'm in varying phases of three different records right now and I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. And it and and the and um amazing is that the word? Um, <laughs> are you sure that's the word? Um, and uh, <laughs> and anyway, it was great. It was great to do something with Joel. It was great to like do something like single where we could record it and release it and be done with it. While I'm yeah. just sort of ridiculously trying to finish all these other projects and um (laughs) and I haven't had a release in a while and so that that was an exciting thing for me to release after yeah after not a lot of stuff so yeah so what is your like what I'm curious as to how your songwriting process has changed like maybe even over the pandemic um and are you wanting to write more with other people have you always been into co-writing what what is like what what's it been like recently <laughs> I would say it's changed maybe a little bit in that <clears throat> I think that I um and this is you know sort of over some years that I sort of hit a little bit of a thing when I was writing what is going to be the next record that I put out Mm. where I, I kind of found this honesty that I hadn't found before. And, um, I guess, I guess if anything has changed, it's that I'm just trying to not be afraid to say what I actually mean or, or, or say what people think, but don't want to say out loud, (laughs) Mm. but not do it in a crass way, you know, still try to be artful about it. And um, so that's something. Uh, I guess, you know, it's all just sort of like we were saying, like, this is all in an effort for me to be more authentic and and just write songs that I believe in regardless of what anyone else thinks I love that yes and that's like great advice for anybody right like Mm -hmm. being authentic and just saying your truth in an artful way and I love that in an artful way I I don't know why that's just like oh yes I love that um that's very well said and I'm so glad you're doing that what is your, like, act, like, do you start with melody? Do you start with guitar or piano or lyrics? Or is it kind of like a mixture of all three? I pretty much start 
it, it's like one of two ways. The ones that actually turn into songs, I feel like typically start with me playing something and singing over it and finding a melody that I love. Because to me, mm-hmm. melody is paramount always, forever, 100%. Like lyrics are important, but they're not as important <laughs> as yeah. a melody. Even if it's not a pop melody, you know, it's got to be right. a melody that you believe in and uh and then words you know I do the sort of like gibberish word thing and then syllables sounds turn into words turn into story yeah um or I'll be in the car or something and have like a line of inspiration and I'll put it in my phone and it never to look at it again. So, (laughs) um, so, so usually when, when I actually have an idea, those are the ones that don't go anywhere. And (laughs) the, the, the musings are the ones that turn into songs. Yeah. Yeah. But I do love co-writing to answer your earlier question. And I have had great periods of a lot of co-writing, especially when I was in New York. And whenever I come to Nashville, you know, most of my reasoning for coming to Nashville is to co-write. And I have some people in LA I like to write with. And so um, I feel like for me, co-writing is usually more structured for a purpose like mm-hmm. you know the ginger bomb record was all co-written with zach berkman and mm-hmm. um and i loved that that writing with him for that project because i felt like it um satisfied the side of me that i don't that i love but i don't really do a lot like I love the Wood Brothers and I love kind of more cheeky irreverent a lot of seventh chords and stuff but that's not really who Megan Burt is and so um, for me finding I think this is because I'm a Virgo and I compartmentalize everything Mm-hmm. which is like kind of obnoxious about my personality but <laughs> that like, is like the definition of Virgo though if you oh my god yeah only use one word to describe them it would be compartmentalized <laughs> are you yeah. a Virgo no 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 okay okay oh me are you serious yeah. I can't compartmentalize no, I mean, I, anything I, I, Megan I don't know I know <laughs> my mind is all just one giant mush together <laughs> I need someone to teach me to compartmentalize. She's a Pisces oh, well, baby. I think, I, yeah, we can yes. compartmentalize lessons if you want. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll do I a whole so other happy. podcast episode about how to compartmentalize. Oh my God, please have me on that podcast. <laughs> oh no, you're going to be hosting it. We're, we're oh, going to be the great. guest. You're going to be the teacher. Oh yes. God, yes. exactly like two people will listen to that podcast. That would be so <laughs> boring, but I would be so turned on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this is what I live for. Yeah. I'm living. Um, anyway, my songwriting is very compartmentalized. <laughs> Moral of the story. Yes. And Love it. when you write, so, like, do you write solo and bring it to a co-writing session? Like, what does it look like for you? Or is it you have a purpose for the co-write for either you or the person you're co-writing with? I try to always have a purpose mm-hmm. because... I'm like an efficiency freakazoid and and so I don't want to um I don't want to waste time yeah it's like great for creativity we have exactly two hours and we will be creative (laughs) I think there's definitely a balance though of you know being efficient but also like you still give the song like when you were talking about writing with Joel about we can focus on one line for however long you still give the creative space to yeah. you know let the song breathe and let it grow and morph into what it needs to be while still being efficient and I think that's right. a good balance <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 definitely and and then to you know the people that I love to co-write with all fit sort of a certain thing in what I do and what they do so it's like one person I know is really just sync licensing 
And so I know that's what we're going to write for. So that's that thing. And like Zach and I are always probably going to write for gender bomb or maybe some sync. So that's what that is. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, people like Joel, um, you know, we're probably either going to write something for like one of us or a collaboration to put out or, you know, that kind of thing. Or like, there's some people that I, I write with where for whatever reason, like we always sort of write for their records mm-hmm. and that's cool too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love being on other people's, I've, I have a lot of co- co-writes on a lot of like records. No one's ever heard. <laughs> You're like, but they're there. I know? love it. They're there. They're there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. kind of going off of that, would you consider yourself more of an artist or more of a songwriter? And why would you consider yourself? Whoa, uh, whoa. Heavy hitter. <laughs> We're really good at coming up with questions. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't need to like go take a walk right now. Um, <laughs> I'm like a little, I'm a little out of breath thinking about <laughs> answering that question. Or you can be both. I've never been asked that before. Oh my god! I feel the exclusive answer. Wow. Um, I don't even know how to answer that because here's the thing, I, I, my knee-jerk reaction is artist, but I care so much about songwriting and like I have such reverence for it and it's important to me to write for things outside of my project that I think if I woke up at one day and was like I can't book another gig like I'm tired I don't think I'd ever give up songwriting I think that would be the the constant through the whole thing so I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, well, you ooh. can be both. You could. Yeah. I was just curious because I know you're so involved in both of those worlds. And I don't know I how curious. to compartmentalize this answer. <laughs> and I was like, curious too, to twitch. I feel like a lot of songwriters um, that are also artists like would never perform or record anybody else's writing themselves. Would you ever do that? Oh, yeah, I just did. Oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I I made this is like a way this is a whole other podcast, but I I made a record this last year and um uh put John Mc one of John McVeigh songs on it that um oh, he wow. produced and engineered the re- the record with me and I needed another song and I love his songwriting so that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I that's feel like so that's cool. cool to like talk about too, like especially as an artist, as an artist that is also a songwriter, I think you can kind of get in your head about like when I release something, like it has to be all my songs or I, I have to be like a co-writer on it. And I mm-hmm. think that's cool that you just were like, yeah, no, I just did that. Like that, I feel like that's kind of, um, like, that's nice. I don't know. <laughs> like you don't have to be a writer on every one of the songs that you release as an artist um mm-hmm. especially in the kind of indie landscape uh i feel like that's definitely something that's that's kind of you know it's like oh like they didn't write their songs you know like, you know but i love that i think you can absolutely do that that's cool mm-hmm. i mean the, the you know for me the only argument not to is because of sorry caroline like the publishing nightmare of oh. if you ever oh no it you, is a nightmare i live every day you know that, i mean truly like sometimes i make decisions about about songs tr- purely based on like the the potential of a song having growing some legs and having some opportunity and if i wrote it and i can clear it 100 percent versus like if I have a, a co-writer on a major publisher and the nightmare of like trying to clear that song, if it gets in a whatever. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my only hang, like literally yeah. my only thought about not doing that is purely for business administration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love well, it. It's definitely yes. something that you need to think about though, because the, it's yes. the people that don't think about it that have 
trouble, you know? Yeah. Like, and I was also thinking, like, that's the biggest compliment, too, for him, that you're like, I love your songwriting so much that I'm just going to record it, me, and um, I don't have any say in it. It's The song is what it is, and it's amazing. I think that's such a huge compliment for him. Like, yeah. oh, you like the song this much to put your name on it, too. I think that's yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. There are so many songs like that, you know, like these mm-hmm. diamond in the roughs. I, I think about that all the time, like songs, you know, songs that will never be heard mm-hmm. by artists who aren't huge. And yeah, it kind of makes me sad sometimes. Like I, I, I've, I've dreamt up these projects where I like travel the country as a song collector and find songs from people who are song, like your dad's song like someone's dad's songwriter who never tried to be famous but wrote some songs and you know I I feel like it could be like there's a romanticism to that project and there's also like like your conversation about the guy at the bar who was like listen to my stuff listen to my stuff (laughs) oh god if I have to hear another shitty song you know but (laughs) but I, I I I just I just you know, I know so many artists and so many troubadour singer songwriters who have these amazing songs. And I don't know, I, I the <laughs> the uh, optimist in me just wants to give life to all the great songs yeah. out there somehow. Yeah. God, I, I love, love the idea of being a song collector. I love yes. that idea. Oh, What's that guy's question? name? Alan Lomax. Oh yeah, I want to be like the modern day female weirder Alan version Lomax of for Alan the Smithsonian. Lomax. Yes, totally, totally. Oh yeah, I've I yeah. If I ever, this is another Virgo thing. You just dream up projects you never actually accomplish. But... <laughs> I know, I'm like, you're not doing enough right now with the three. <laughs> yeah, albums. you can with three add albums. that to the list of what yeah. to do. <laughs> Um, this is kind of, you know, veering to the next question, but what advice do you have for women, um, songwriters and artists in a, in this male dominated industry? Heavy hitter. Um, I would say just, this is more, more than a songwriting thing. Um, more of just like a life thing and if you're a songwriter Mm -hmm. you just like apply it to your music but Mm -hmm. you know women are so powerful and we are so much better at everything than men and (laughs) and 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 like everything you know and and this sort of competition like pitting against ourselves thing is just it's got to go and I think that we all just need to spend time like raising each other up and 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 the more authentic that we can be and the more the more work we can do on ourselves to be people that we love, the less we'll have to try to prove outwardly. And you know, I just think it's yeah. like I think like if you're a female songwriter, just or I don't know that sounds super I don't want to be like preachy I guess I just that's sort of where I'm at you know just trying to give opportunity and raise that voice and and work on myself so that I don't need to feel like I need to be better than anyone else and I I definitely have had phases of that of wanting to feel better than other songwriters especially women songwriters because you just sort of end up having this like competition with yourself with right with with ourselves you know even if it's silent and kind of Mm -hmm. not you know it's sort of that elephant silent thing in the room but it's I just don't think it's necessary yeah (laughs) and like I think you're so right the silent elephant thing because there's always been an unsaid you know there's only one token woman on at the table allowed at the table and so you know we've had or they've had to fight to get to that spot and now Mm -hmm. I think hopefully we're entering a phase in the world and in the industry where there's you know there's no limit to the seats available 
to anybody. Totally. And yeah. So we're, I love that. Just raising each other up. Yeah. 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 There's, and there's so many room there's so much room for redheaded megan songwriters <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we're gonna i mean yeah we just, we're gonna we're rule gonna, the world we're gonna rule the world yeah and we're gonna need one in every you know we yeah. just need to like to you know yes. <laughs> multiply and conquer um the other thing too that was one of my really big regrets and i feel like seeing um people in their early 20s now I feel like they have this figured out so this isn't really advice this is more just me being like oh and I, and I don't know how that changed but um I think part of I think part of the reason this is such a male-dominated industry is because women haven't been as encouraged on the like engineering production side of things mm -hmm. and so we sort of like need that collaboration partner in order to get our music out there. And the more females that we have in production and engineering and the more women that can do it themselves yeah, is, is it just allows for the choice of like, well, do I want to work with someone else or do I have to work with someone else? And yeah. I feel like a lot of females that I've seen again, who are young and coming up kind of have that maybe more than 10 years ago when I was mm -hmm. when I was on that you know it was still like you gotta call the guy to like record your music or whatever yeah. and um and so um and so th that's just one thing that I'm now sort of backpedaling on and like trying to get better at production and mm -hmm. the engineering side of things and um I wish that I had done that when I was 20. <laughs> yeah. It's never too late, That's though. my other piece of advice. It's never too late, no. Yes, and I'm, true. I'm, yeah. I'm working, you know? I think yeah, and you produce other people's albums, right? You work yes. as a producer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're doing everything. You are paving the way for women producers, you know? Paving well, <laughs> I don't think I am. Mary Bragg is. Do you guys mm. know Mary Bragg? No. Who's that? talk to mary bragg she's a badass and she's paving the way she's okay paving. we're gonna have her on yeah she's mary this is a call <laughs> we should yeah. have her on that's a great idea yes. yeah that would be she's incredible a, she's balls. she's think... doing all the things she's an artist an amazing songwriter great singer production and engineer she's mm -hmm. she's my idol ah yes <laughs> okay going off of that i'm gonna complain about something for a bit um <laughs> That Please. happens in Nashville all the time. At writer's rounds, I'll see women who will sing their songs, but they'll have a man play guitar for them. And I just hate it. I absolutely hate it. I'm like, I understand if you can't play guitar well enough to, like, present your song. But one, you can. You, like, choose not to. Like, you have the ability to learn. Even if you don't, like, if you don't want to, have a woman. play. There are so many amazing guitar players here that are women why are we having the one woman who's in this writer's round to begin with bring another man on stage and play guitar it makes me so infuriated <laughs> i just get so angry i'm like give me a guitar i'm not great i can still play the three chords that are in your song just as well as that guy can <sighs> i get so heated yeah man. if i had a dollar for every white cis hetero lead guitar player that i know i'd be rich <laughs> yeah yeah i just and i love the idea of women like wanting to find other women for their band and stuff like that which i didn't do when i i haven't done that yeah i have been all do a band i'm currently in warning. the process of doing that and it is yeah. hard it's yeah. surprisingly difficult <laughs> yeah to find and it's not but be it's it's difficult in the sense that the women that I'm like you're look that I'm I'm searching for women to be in my my band and and they're already in so many projects because yeah. they're they're so wanted and that's great yeah. uh, mm -hmm. so that's what makes it hard which is it's a good thing but it's also like we should have more we need more yes. yeah I have more a theory women. on why that this this is like purely theory but i have a theory on why that happens and i think that it's because 
in high school and middle school, um, girls need connection. And so they spend a lot of time with their friends and communicating and feeling their feelings and being 13 and like being on the phone and being with their friends and being in community. Mm-hmm. Very like natural, whatever. And boys are in this like awkward hormone phase and they're happy to just sit in their room by themselves and like shed their instruments. Mm-hmm. And so when you get to be in your 20s and you're in college, like, and not by any fault of anyone's own, it's just sort of this, again, this is my theory, I'm not a psychologist. I just was 13 once and dated, you know, like I dated the guitar players in high school and stuff. Um, And they were super happy to just like be at home, like, like either hanging out with me or just like shedding their guitar. And I wanted to be out of my house and hanging out with friends and community in community and connecting. And so um, I don't know what the solution to that is. I think mentorship and whatever but I but I think that that's part of why it it, part of why that happens yeah and also because the music industry is so hard that women probably get smart and they're like we don't need this and men are dumb and they're like sure we'll suffer we don't care Um, we like guitar we'll keep playing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. I don't know that's a little mean but you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I don't know that makes sense yeah because I think about I know so many men that have mastered, I shouldn't say mastered, you can always learn, but have really gone all the way with their instrument. And I think it is a lot of that, like, not even discipline to practice, but just like they're fine just being alone practicing for hours on end. I would literally jump out a window. I would hate that. I could not be alone for that long, just practicing and perfecting it. That is so true. And I actually talk about this with Matt Hoffman a lot because I'm like, for my, for my backing band, like I need a weekly rehearsal, not even for the other people, but for me, I need it because that a it holds me accountable. I, that helps me show up to the practice prepared. So I have to, you know, practice at least once on my own, which is kind of hard to get myself to do a lot of the time. (laughs) And also like, that's, if I don't show up prepared then that's, you know, that's my practice. That's a two or three hour practice for me to run through the songs and get them under my fingers if, you know, if I didn't have the mental stamina to do it on my own. Uh, And yeah, that's so true. I know so many um, people, mainly men, that can just play guitar for hours and hours and hours. And that's, I don't know if that has to do with me being a feminine presenting person, but I just, I can't do that. I've never been able to. When I was taking guitar lessons as a kid, it was like, just play the chords. Can please practice them once and come back to me? <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> you know, Actually, so. Um, yeah. That's so such yeah, an I interesting wonder. theory. I like, I'm, that is very I want to dive theory. into it because I feel like that's, I, I mean, from my experience, that's true. Not to say that I have not met women who have, completely mastered their instrument totally of course everyone's different everyone's different of course but I just wonder like you know what if there were what if guitar lessons for girls when you were 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 were like a group of four yeah and 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 you could go be in community and like play guitar with your girlfriends and it was fun and you weren't alone and Yes. I just wonder, you know, totally. I just, I just yeah. wonder if, if, if like psychology could be part of how to change the music industry, psych, you know, like child psychology, because yeah. it's no one's fault that they have tendencies towards mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because I also feel like, and wow, this is just becoming a against men podcast. I promise there are men that we like, but I think that there are like men are way more willing to just say that like oh I play guitar or oh I play bass like I'm an instrumentalist you know I'll play in your band like like it's very much um definitely like they're more willing to just you know hey (laughs) I play guitar let me play with you kind of thing 
yeah yeah there is there is a confidence factor to it but again that's like back to the psychology yeah, of totally. it you know yeah mm-hmm. raise men and women the same or girls and boys i guess when they're yeah. young they're girls and boys now <laughs> yeah and also like leave space mm-hmm. to like let them choose what their gender identity is you know mm-hmm. yeah. like man we're getting we off could make on a, a whole tangent, other podcast but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about songwriting or yeah, yeah no, no we're <laughs> what is this but, about but it's appropriate because songwriting you know i think if songwriting is done well it encapsulates mm. the human condition and there's yeah. yes so much to that yes so yes. true humanity yes. thing so true okay so next question for you okay this is kind of a heavy hitter okay. hard question if we're you giving could, you all the tough ones <laughs> if you could only show someone one song that you've written that you think fully encapsulates you as a person and as an artist which song would it be and why dang um oh man um There's a song on um, the record that's going to come out next called Drugstore Brand that feels very me. Um, and I'm very, I, I feel proud of the lyrics and the metaphor and the, you know, it's sort of like feels like all the things I've been talking about wanting to do. Yeah. Um, and there's a song on what will be the record after that (laughs) called language that's um for me it feels like kind of the most important song I've written because it it talks about my relationship with family um and there's some theme to it that feels really important and it feels like a very important song for who I am as a person and, and, um, but no one's heard that song. So I don't, you know, I don't know. And then I think about like, sometimes you want to play songs that people will get easily and, um, you know, sort of like the fan favorites. So I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know that I've written it yet, actually. Mm, That like perfectly. That's the answer. Yeah, I don't know if I've written it yet. That like perfectly encapsulates all the things Mm -hmm. that that are important to to me. Songs, though. Oh my gosh, he's so exciting. Yeah, and kind of going off of that, when do you have any upcoming releases? Uh, Any teasers we can we can talk about? Mm. Yeah, I um everything's been very pushed back unfortunately but I have a little acoustic uh acoustic EP that I made um just honestly sort of to like prime the well prime the pump for these albums and it's got two unreleased songs on it and that will probably come out I don't know maybe next month I've it's done I have I just need to like upload it um that's that's awesome and then I'll start probably by the time this is out it will be out Oh, cool. Great. Yeah. Finger, fingers mm-hmm. crossed if we figure out what we're doing. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, yes. And then I, and then I'll start releasing singles from this next record. Um, you know, I'll probably put a single out in August and maybe another one in October and then release it um, early next year. That's, That's so exciting. exciting. But yeah, a lot of have three albums in the works right now. I know this is here. Here's my advice to people. You want to <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't not release anything because you have so much material that you just you don't not release anything for a, a bunch of years and then like poop out all of the stuff that you <laughs> haven't recorded all at once. I'm just like my I'm so off my flow you know where people Mm. like write a record and release it Mm. yeah no I just decided to just not I I can't even get into it it's not anyway now you have so much content and now it's so much content releasing it you know I mean I'm excited (laughs) 
Oh my God. Yes. So exciting. So much Megan Burt to come to my ears. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hang in, hang in there. It'll, you'll just be like, is she still releasing singles? <laughs> You're like, how yeah. does she have more songs? <laughs> like, give it a rest, Megan. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've yeah. reached our final question. Final okay. question. Why do you write songs? I don't know. <laughs> and that is a perfectly You're like, perfect you tell answer. Me. <laughs> I don't know. It it just happens to be um the most satisfying, fulfilling thing in the world to me. And I think like anyone who has found that thing, it's, there's nothing better than writing a song. There's no better feeling in the entire world, literally in the entire world than writing a song that you love and feeling like, oh my gosh, I literally just made something from nothing. And um, I think that combined with the fact that I'm an introvert and I don't really like to talk about my feelings, like having a, an outlet to do that, yeah. it all just makes sense for me. Oh, love that answer. That's like emotional. Megan's crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that. That's just so, yes. I, yes, relate in every way. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yes. oh my god we love you i this love you guys such a great podcast it was so good to have you on oh <laughs> this is long overdue you. yeah Thank honestly you. you're gonna have to come back every season now you're, yeah. you're really? committed i didn't know if you I, you didn't know but now that you're releasing so much new music you yeah. have more to talk about so you're we gonna can actually talk about yet. songs <laughs> next time and not about my hypothesis on like <laughs> <laughs> on oh, on children's psychology. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, well, thank I you so much, you guys. So much. Thank yes. you for having me. Of yes. course, and we're going to close out the episode with your song "Good Dream" with mm-hmm. Joel Amseth. Yes, it this was so good to have good you. Dream. On. Yes, we love you. Thank you so much again. Thank you, guys. Yes. Everybody feels like they're falling behind Rushing for a place in line For a thing that they already own Don't need it, you beat it, I see it When you get a little off track You got riches that you look past I don't wanna see you fall back Through your own doubt I don't wanna see you fade out